0: GM's for Hire. Welcome back, everybody, to GMs for Hire. My name is Will Polson. Alongside with me today are Jamil King and Matthew Perry. And we are having our first ever guest here on the GMs for Hire show, as it is Tampa Bay Vipers wide receiver Reese Horn is with us today. Uh Reese, thanks so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Gentlemen, appreciate you having me. It's good to be here. So uh just to just to give some backstory on you for some viewers who may not know who you are, uh, just give us a rundown of uh, from college to where you're at now, what what your kind of timeline's been like regarding football.
1: Yeah, so I uh, graduated 2016 and from University of Indianapolis, born and raised in Indy. And then went to – was signed with the uh, Tennessee Titans. And then uh, didn't stick there, was there, you know, kind of off and on in practice squad and this and that. And then actually went over to Europe when I was released from the Titans. Actually went over to Europe for two seasons and balled there, one in Italy, one in Vienna, Austria. And then came back and was signed uh, after the Vienna season with the new uh, – the Alliance of American Football League with the Memphis team down there, the Memphis Express. And then did pretty well there. And then after that – uh, was signed with the Miami Dolphins last season. And then when the XFL was rolling around, you know, we heard rumors about the XFL kind of revamping up the 2.0. Um, you know, I talked to my agent. He said it was a great opportunity with that. And I was actually drafted here to Tampa Bay on day one of the uh, the whole draft process with that, too. So um, it's kind of been a great whirlwind of all that. Been uh, been to a good amount of cities. And I've uh, got my name out there a little bit. But um, more importantly, we're excited for, uh, for obviously the news, with the XFL – 3.0 now, I guess, with everything rolling. And uh, hopefully should be hearing something here pretty soon within the next couple weeks um, moving forward. But, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about my journey where I've been. And uh, it's uh, it's one to say the least, folks.
0: So you were on the Express over in Memphis in the AAF and now part of the Vipers as well. So you've been part of at least two kind of upbringings of leagues. What is that like to be kind of like yeah. a standard in, in a league whenever they're first trying to get uh, the gears rolling?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's exciting, no doubt. You know, a new league, new professional league, you know, a new brand of football, this and that. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough at first because, you know, it's the first one starting out. So, obviously, you see what works. You see what doesn't work. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the day, us, us athletes just want to ball and just want uh, to showcase what we bring to the table, too. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. Um, I'm personally excited. I, I like the XFL way more than the AAF, just as a term from, you know, stability. And then, obviously, our new owners now, which is you know just really really exciting too, and uh, I mean we could talk we could talk all day on, on what's going to potentially happen with that too, but um but yeah it, it's awesome it's 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 great uh, you get to meet so many different you know athletes from who've been in the league who have been you know elsewhere and um, it's just a great it's a great feeling it's definitely ups and downs you just got to stay level with it but at the end of the day I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: So we'll, we'll go back to your college time. We'll start back from the beginning. You went to the University of Indianapolis, as you mentioned, small town kid from Indiana. Um, You know, whenever I looked at your numbers, you are an absolute, you've, you've left your mark on the University of Indy. You've left there uh, all time leader in receptions, all time leader in receiving yards. Uh, second all-time in receiving touchdowns. I mean, you are all over the record books there. Uh, were you a highly touted uh, athlete out of high school, or was did you stick with Indy just because it was local, or what was that like, the the recruitment process going through for you?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was just pretty slow coming out of high school, so um, you know, I didn't get heavily recruited, and I'm just going to keep it short with that, And but University of Indianapolis, which is very, you know, very well-known Division II school, and they always do well with football. They came in and offered me a pretty solid deal that I couldn't really pass up. Um, And then also my quarterback, Connor Barthel, who we played together in high school in Indy, we both got scholarships to go to the University of Indianapolis, too. So we played, we're both redshirted as well. So we we played nine years of uh, football together, too. So we kind of, you know, the uh, quarterback-receiver relationship, it was about, you know, six cents. And uh, we absolutely lit up the record books there and, uh, and, and kind of put our stamp in the history books with, with the University of Indianapolis football too, which is really solid.
0: For sure. I mean, uh, like I said, the, the, the record books are just lit up with the name Reese Horn all over the place over there at University of Indianapolis. But sticking with college football, uh, this season, I'm going to get your opinion on this being somewhere. Uh, these are unprecedented times with a pandemic. It's very unlike any other. And I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a little bit of different protocols maybe going on in the XFL and the rebirth 3.0, as you've, you've called it. Um, mm-hmm. co- a lot of college football, uh, programs are starting to call it a season. They're going to try to opt out of this season. It started with the Mac yeah. conference, made its way to the big 10 and so on and so forth. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Where, where do you stand on the whole uh, the we want to play movement from the college athletes and everything else?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's I can see both sides, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I had friends personally who played in the Big Ten and obviously, you know, D division, well, my school is obviously, you know, prolonged till the spring too. But yeah, the bigger conferences too, I understand why athletes may want to play, but also it's about, you know, the safety not only for the players, but also for the staff. And, and the fans too, because the fans drive. The fans drive, you know, in any league, in any any conference period too. So, um, I would love to see those guys play. Um, I've been talking to guys who have graduated from Big Ten schools who have played, and kind of getting their take on things too. And they're kind. Of, we're all in the, kind of the same boat. We'd love to see them play, but obviously, we want the, the utmost health for for all the players, all the coaching staff, all the trainers, and uh, you know, everyone who makes that ship, uh, you know, float and, and go on game day and. Everything behind the scenes too, from a you know medical standpoint, from from just head to toe too. So I personally would love to see football. I mean, who wouldn't? You know, that that's just a great outlet for a lot of a lot of people in the United States and the world in general too. But you know, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So I know these are unprecedented the times with with the U.S. and just the world in general too. So again, I would personally love to see football if they put the right you know places in measure too. I know a lot of people are obviously taking notes. With how the NFL is rolling, how you know maybe the, the XFL is is watching the NBA and the NFL as well. College football is obviously a lot different than the pro level, but um, you know if it's a condensed season in the spring too, that'd be great as long as the players stay safe and um, and they, just, they they put a great product on there. Sorry, it's thunderstorming here in Tampa. Is there any safe like, out there? <laughs> yeah, we're good. You know how it is. It's like ten. It's like you know thirty seconds of rain and then and then we're good. But yeah, that sounded pretty close
0: so. <laughs> well, I'm going to open it up for Jamil and Matt. Uh, guys, any questions that you have for uh, for Reese? Well, I'll
2: start. Um, since you mentioned you're an Indy native, uh, were you a Colts fan growing up?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course I was. Uh, I, you know, a huge Peyton Manning fan. I mean, it's hard not to like that guy when he when he just pretty much carried the city of Indianapolis for so many years, too, and, and did so much, so much great work for that whole city. Uh, loved Reggie Wayne as a you know, as a receiver, I loved watching Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, uh, Brandon Stokely, all those guys too. Kind of Dallas Clark, you know, coming up, and uh, still am. Still, am a very big Colts fan too. And uh, actually, um, the one of the t- main tight ends, Jack Doyle, for the Colts. He uh, he was a senior at Cathedral when I was a freshman too, and he was really good friends with my with my older brother too. So, uh, took a lot of good notes uh, from him, obviously in high school, and uh, following his career. And you know, he's just he's just blossomed into a great tight end all the way around with with the Colts too. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Cool spin.
2: How do you feel about uh, them getting Phillip Rivers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably hard to go from California to Indianapolis, Indiana, but um, you know, that is such a great move for them personally too. I respect, you know, Andrew Luck with the way he, um, you know, he's just looking out for his future as well, but Philip Rivers, he's going to thrive in that environment too. And the whole city of Indianapolis is going to welcome him with him and his family with open arms too. And and uh, I personally can't wait to see what they uh, what they put on the field, you know, and uh, couldn't be happier for, for that for our city.
2: And then uh, personally, what's your favorite football moment?
1: Oh, man, I've got a lot of those to be honest, but I don't know. I would say personally, I, you know, I scored. We uh, when I was in Miami last season, um, we me personally, uh, we were playing the Mercedes Benz Superdome against the Saints and uh, we were on like the three yard line. And uh, we just had a nice little uh, – the whole play concept is called Madden. So, um, ironically enough, I, I ran like a – kind of like a slant and then go to the back pylon. And uh, my buddy Jake, he was a quarterback. Uh, shout out to the University of Michigan with him. He, had, You know, we connected and we scored our first touchdown. So, that was my first NFL touchdown, which was really special. And um, I hope my family was there. My, my older brother was there too. So, um, you know, it could be that. It could be, you know, line up the books at UND. uh, You know, just, you know, just being, you know, from – from, I got a lot of them, but I would say my first NFL touchdown would definitely would definitely have to be that.
2: That's awesome!
0: Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the questions.
0: You know?
2: All right. So uh, obviously we talked about how the XFL, you know, was a startup league. I wanted to know how you felt about like that that rule they had where where the reporters would like to like come on the field, you know, interview you after like a big play. Mm-hmm. How How did you feel about about those?
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was obviously you know we've never seen that before, but uh, I didn't mind it at all, man. It's awesome. It's you know. It's a fan-driven league, and I love how they how they gave access like that to the people watching, the people that were at games, and honestly for us players too because, um, you know, it's always nice to, to kind of talk a little bit and kind of just talk your game. But, um, you know, especially after running routes and all that, maybe the last thing you want is a microphone being shoved in your face and, you know, asking questions too. But that's, you know, that's with being a professional and, and being at this level, you know, you got you to just do what the, the job – Description inquires, too, and I, I think it's great for the sport, too. Hopefully they bring that back. Hopefully, you know, The Rock and Dana Garcia and Redbird Capital, you know, they get this thing rolling, too. They, uh, they 100% say they want a 2021 season, and, you know, they're taking notes, like I said, of how the NBA and, and NFL are doing things as far as reporting and keeping guys safe and all that, too. So I'd love to see that, you know, um, you know, on-field access back. I'd love to see that, though.
2: Yeah, that was definitely an interesting wrinkle they, they gave us. Um, you talked about how, how you played two seasons in Europe. Could you tell us a little bit more, like, how you got there and, like, what led you yeah. to, keep to Europe?
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was, in, uh, I was in Nashville with the Titans in 2016 to 17. And then uh, when I was released from them, it was kind of awkward timing. You know, rosters were, were already kind of, like, pretty much set and all that, and I still wanted to play. And I uh, never really given Europe a thought, but, you know, wanted to just get film, and it was just a stepping stone for me personally. And uh, honestly, it was one of the best moments, best decisions I think I could have made in that situation too, because um, you know, it led me to this, you know, this Zoom call right now. And uh, kind of everywhere I've been before, then I, I have great friends out in Milan, great friends out in Vienna, Austria too, that are lifelong friends, and you know, friends all over the all over the world now because of that too. So, um, Chris Kalakai, who was out in Vienna, and then a bunch of my boys in Milan too. Like that yeah, was just such great times too, and. Um, it was good quality football out there too I don't want anybody in the U.S. to sleep on you know you know football over in Europe too obviously it's not you know it's, it's not NFL it's not XFL it's not you know SEC football anything like that too but it's you know those fans are so passionate for for any type of sport too with when the team embraces the city too I know obviously soccer is their you know cup of tea over there but um, you know they're, they're very passionate fans out there. They love what they what they see, and they love when a team embraces the city too, and kind of gives back a little bit too. So it was great to kind of teach the next wave of athletes over there. And then you know, obviously, I'm I'm doing the same here with with some guys that I'm working with personally too. And uh, it was just it's so cool to stay in touch with them, kind of see how they're doing during these tough times. And um, you know, they they got things figured out over there. They're they're rolling. They don't even have to wear masks or any of that nonsense right now. But uh, but yeah, it was it was definitely an adjustment at first, a culture shock. Shock, excuse me, because you're not just going over to Europe to vacation and then coming back after two weeks. You know, you're living there for a whole season, which is roughly around seven and a half months. So, uh, but it was it was a great great experience, and I wouldn't change it for the world.
2: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I don't think the average American knows they play American football in Europe anymore after NFL Europe Europe went out. Mm-hmm. but um another yeah. question one more question I have for you is do you have like yeah. an all-time favorite teammate from your time in, in football
1: yeah an all-time favorite teammate huh I would say when I first signed with the Dolphins last season um you know one of the couple of the first guys that come to mind are my boy Kenny Stills he uh you know he, he just took me under his wing kind of and he was like hey man you know I understand how it is being a new guy in the locker room you know, I've watched your tape. I've watched your film. You're an absolute baller. And, you know, anything I can do to personally help you see, you know, he's, he's been in the league for, for a handful of years, obviously, and as an established veteran. And he kind of took me under his wing and said, you know, anything I can do to help, you know, bring your game to the next level, I'd love to do that too. And uh, same with Albert Wilson, Miami Dolphins receiver. Uh, he he kind of, you know, said the same thing. You know, he invited me over to, to, uh, for workout sessions and all that too. And, then, and the fact that these guys wanted to, a new guy like myself to, see, you know, see succeed. I just thought it spoke volumes to these guys, too. And uh, when I when I got drafted to Tampa Bay here at the XFL, uh, the very first person to, to that I got a text from was Kenny Stills, you know, saying congratulations and all that. So that just really speaks on the, the type of guy that he is, too. And uh, really that whole locker room uh, was just such a, you know, a great atmosphere. And those guys just came to work every single day, too, and they had fun doing it, too. So, uh, you know, I'm honored to meet and know those guys very well. Uh, Kenyon Drake, he's now out in Arizona. He invited me to his uh, – his charity foundations and all that too, and helped, you know, he wanted me to be a part of that too. So we, you know, we connected a lot off the field too. And, and, you know, these guys, I just can't speak enough, you know, high, high, great things about them too. So, um, but those guys on a professional level were, were my boys, but then obviously I got to give shout out to my boy, Connor Barthel, who we played, you know, high school and college ball with too. You know, he, he was a main reason why, you know, I had so much success personally and then, you know, who helped me get to where I am now too. So i definitely say those, those guys, I can't just name one. It's, it's tough. But, you know, it's not just one person uh, anyways, but it was our
0: there... – You had spoke about uh, your time over in Europe, and you said not to sleep on the area just because it's not – it's not the NFL or the XFL or anything such as that. Can you – can you compare the, the atmosphere? Because you said they're very passionate about uh, their sports over there, even for American football. What is, what's it like the feeling-wise trying to play in front of the fans – over in Europe compared to playing in front of the fans here for, say, the XFL.
1: Yeah, and well, XFL fans are crazy. They they uh, At Raymond James, they brought it every single week, which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, no, fans over in Europe, they, you know, it's kind of like a soccer game, too, where there's constant, you know, you know, shakers going, horns going, just, you know, the crazy flags and all that, too. So there's not really ever a down time, whereas maybe, you know, in, in NFL, XFL – they uh they have, they're more zoned in on the game too. It's these there's just constant noise, constant going, constant commotions. You know they're just very loyal, passionate, and uh, once they once they see some good in a team and the team's doing well, and you know honestly when teams aren't doing well over there too, and they see that they're kind of. You know, if they've lost two weeks in a row or whatever, then they, they still stay, stick with them, too. And, and they're just so passionate. They're still loyal, so loyal. If you show a little bit of love to them, they're going to throw it back, you know, ten times full too. So, uh, just very loud games, very passionate games, too. And it was never a dull week, to say the least, over there.
0: Now, we know with The Rock and, and the other the group of people uh, buying into the XFL and bringing it back for, for round three, uh, we know that that's uh, imminent. You said that they're trying to get a, 20, uh, a 2021 season, if I'm not mistaken, trying to get it up as soon as possible. Uh, have you heard anything about what to expect, anything different,
1: anything maybe changing in the XFL or uh, anything such as that? Uh, nothing yet. I know it just kind of last Monday was, the, was when they came in and bought the league. And then all I've heard is after August 21st, um, when it's like official, official, that they're, uh, you know, their first order of business is getting the teams, you know, rolling back and then the facilities and all that. So um, it's a lot of here, you know, here said right now. But like I said, I know the Rock and his team, they wouldn't just come in and do this and then just not have a 2021 season, too. So, um, you know, I've talked to some coaches. I've talked to other players who I've played with that are on the team and, and this and that. And it's all, you know, it's all, up, you know, good signs, too. So. Um, I had nothing official, but I'm excited to see it here and see things in a couple weeks. You know, hopefully we get we get a good sense of direction rolling for the, you know, for the 2021 season. Matt,
0: Jamil, you guys have any uh, other questions for Reese before we uh, close out? Here? I got one more question.
2: How, how quick did you adjust to uh, the, the weather here in Tampa? You know, I'm born mm-hmm. a racer, so I know that's hot and it rains every day. But how quick was it for you to get down there and say, oh, man, yeah. 100 degrees every
1: day? Yeah. Speaking of that, we actually just were we were doing routes today with uh, Taylor Cornelius, my quarterback, and then Dan Williams, a uh, receiver on the Vipers as well. And uh, yeah, we were rolling at 10 a.m. to one today, and it was probably you know it was already you know you you, you step on that turf and it's automatically 10 degrees hotter too. So um, I don't think I'll I'll ever be adjusted to it. I love this climate though. I love training in it. You know, it's humidity. It's hot. It's a little mix of both. But um, yeah, it's just you got to come to work every single day, and if uh, you don't if you don't bring your mind right, then Uh, it's gonna be a long long workout long game long day for you too so um but i I absolutely love it down here man and the fact that you're born and raised here i'm jealous but i'll 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 always have love for indianapolis and the 317 but i mean you can't beat the sunshine and weather and yeah it's about the storm here right now but i take a little bit of of rain and then you know 90 and sunny all, all day
0: see i've done the reverse move i've lived in florida for 12 years and i actually just moved up here to anderson indiana so Oh, uh, wow, ever okay. Ever since we've met, I've come up here to your neck of the woods. So,
1: yeah, yeah. The old <laughs> stomping grounds cool. were the uh, where the Colts used to host training camp right there. Oh, where really? Up- yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to, and now they, there's a big, big uh, like West Park up in like uh, Westfield, Indiana. That's where they hold the whole training camp now, too. Now, obviously, I don't know with with COVID and all that what they're doing, but uh,
0: but yeah, it's definitely a culture shock
1: over here. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. So. Couldn't agree more,
0: Matt. Any uh, closing questions for Reese? Um, no, I think I'm good for now. Well, Reese, I do want to thank you so much for coming onto the show. Really appreciate it, Absolutely. and really, really glad you got to be the first guest on our podcast. Uh, is there anybody that you want to shout out, or any
1: organizations, or anything such as that before before we head on out of here? Um, you know, I just the whole city of Tampa Bay. You know, I really appreciated them for the first season, how they kind of embraced us. Um, You know, all my teammates and, um, yeah, just my boy Barthel. I can never give enough love to my man, Connor Barthel. He is just one of the most hardworking dudes I've ever met. And and he's still slinging it. He's not playing right now, but he can still sling it too. And, and, uh, yeah, so absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so so much, Reese, again for coming on. Really do appreciate it. Best of luck to you coming up here in the 2021 season whenever that gets kicked off. We'd love to see you out there in the in the green and gold mm-hmm. for the Vipers and hopefully doing big things in the upcoming season.
1: Yeah, appreciate you guys. Love to have you guys do a game. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll make those arrangements here soon. So uh, maybe maybe if you come up to the Battlehawks, maybe I'll drive over to St. Louis, go see what I can catch. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. We we're supposed to host them week six and then Rona hit, so it kinda sucked, but it is what it is. So
0: until then we'll we'll figure out what's gonna happen uh, next time. But until then, also want to this-
1: give yeah, I want to give ahead. a quick shout out to, uh, to the Mrs. Kristen. I can never, I'll get in trouble if I don't shout her out too. So that's my, that's the that's my lady. So Smart I got a, yep. So, yep. Just well, wanted to get that you, in there.
0: Kristen has gotten her shout out. Uh, anybody else final, just Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, anybody?
1: <laughs> yeah. All those guys, man, that, that kind of just helped me be the player and the man that I am today. Uh, just couldn't be more thankful for the, all, all those guys.
0: Well, thank you, Reese. Appreciate it. And, yep. uh, Everybody else, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of GM's for Hire. We appreciate you here. Uh, but until next time, I've been Will Polson. That's Jamil and Matt Perry. And thank you, uh, Reese, for coming on yet again. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thank you all in the next episode, guys. Peace. Yeah.